Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friends, I'm so grateful you're here with us today for the Fully Restored podcast. Before we jump into my interview with today's guest, I wanted to let you know that during our conversation today, there is some discussion that is best listened to away from children's ears. I so appreciate my guests who are transparent and real and who are giving us hope on the other side as well. Please be mindful of your own triggers and know we are discussing these things to bring them to the light of Jesus and to help individuals find their own healing. Thanks, friends. And now to my interview. Hey, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by Robin Johnson. Robin is the daughter of missionaries, and she grew up on the mission field in West Africa, where she faced some major life difficulties. Friends, if you struggle with shame, this is the episode for you. I know her story is going to touch you, encourage you, and help you on your own journey. Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast, Robin. Thank you so much, Kristen. I am so blessed to be able to share with you today. Oh, I am excited to have you with us today. So before we jump into the interview, I just like to do some funny facts. And so I have a question for you. Okay. What is the most embarrassing interview you ever had and how did you end up on the floor? Oh my goodness. This is the greatest story ever. (laughs) A couple of years ago when I was interviewing for a coordinator's position for a, it's an after-school program. I went in and I was all prepared. I sat at this big long table with, oh, probably nine supervisors and I had practiced And I thought, oh, I just, I aced this. You know, there was all these questions about just situations. What would you do if this, or what would you do if that? And I got through and I thought, this is, this is good, Lord. I aced this. I'm going to get it. I got up to leave and I walked out and walked right into the glass door. It knocked me on my feet. (laughs) I ended up on the ground. All the supervisors came running and they were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And God just gave me a response that I think was straight from him. It was, a, it was just a, a silly response. I said, you know what? These glass doors are so clean at my house. There's nose prints everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they laughed. I went home. I told my husband, well, I'm not getting that job. (laughs) And the next day I get a call and they said it was between you and another gal who was a little more qualified than you, more schooling. And we decided to choose you because of your response to the way that you ran into that door. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking that as you were saying that, I'm like, how you handled that. 
showed that under stress and embarrassment, you know, that you could handle yourself well. So, oh, good job. (laughs) My most embarrassing moment. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, Robin, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do in your family? Well, you know, first, I like to say, first, I am a restored daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And daily, daily, I find my identity in him. And I say daily because it is a daily journey. Yeah. I am the wife of a wonderful husband, 42 years of marriage, a mama of three incredible adult children and five beautiful, beautiful grandchildren that I love and adore. And I know you have grandchildren too. I just love spending time with them. I am a published contributor to a book called Hope Lifters, Creative Ways to Spread Hope When Life Hurts, written by my friend Kathy Winnenberg, who gave me an awesome opportunity to be part of that. And I am working this year on publishing my first series of children's books called The Adventures of Stubby the Cat. Currently, I am a children's podcaster, which is a little bit different. My podcast is called Different Isn't Bad. And I share my original stories about my little special needs cat named Stubby. Oh, I love that. It's a really great, uh, different podcast to help kind of just connect families, kind of like the old way. Uh, You have to listen a lot. Kids have to kind of use their imagination rather than seeing pictures. So that's what I'm doing right now. Speaking uh, on the radio and on schools and churches just all over the valley. I'd love the concept of a podcast for kids. That is wonderful. And you're way ahead of me. One of these days, I want to do a series of books for children. And actually, it's a, it's a different topic. I have a book, Healing for Our Soul Gardens, which is about restoration and wholeness after sexual abuse. And as a counselor, there's not a lot of Christian resources out there for children that have been sexually abused. There are secular stuff. And so I've started writing it and I have the whole concept in my head. It's just a matter of sitting down. And then, you know, with children's book, that's that's a whole different thing because you got to get an illustrator and all that stuff. But I really, I have the first one already done of this young girl meeting the master gardener and that there is somebody that comes into her garden that has destroyed it and has abused it. So we don't ever say the word sexual abuse, but it's implied. And then I want to have one on anger and and just all these different books. So you're way ahead of me. I applaud you on that. Someday that will happen. uh, That vision will happen for me. But I love your heart that you want to serve kids because that is such a great need. And again, I love the concept of the podcast for kids. So I'm going to have to share that one with those that I work with, because I love that. It starts with kids, doesn't it? I mean, we think about, we think about where a lot of our trauma began and that was in childhood. And so I say, reach out to the littles, to the little ones, the littlest of the littles, they need to know their identity in Christ. And so I do it in a little different way, but yeah, it's so important. Yeah. So Robin, we kind of, we're going to segue right into that. Could you unpack for us your childhood, those years of you growing up and the life difficulties you faced? Well, you know, I was born in a ministry family. My mom was a counselor. My dad was pastor. And like you said, we spent 
I spent actually the t- first 10 years of my life on the mission field of West Africa. I loved it there. It was right by the beach. You know, we had freedom to, to do kind of whatever we wanted to do in a way because our parents were out ministering. So we were kind of let go. <laughs> and I remember, like I said, feeling really safe there. But at the age of six, I was sexually molested by a group of neighbor boys. I was unattended. And that just changed my life. It made me into a very fearful little girl. And uh, I never quite understood why it was so different than my sisters. I have four older sisters and they're all pretty outgoing. I was very shy, very anxious. And when we returned to the United States, when I was about, I think I was in fifth grade that year, everything just went south. (laughs) I was put in a Christian school temporarily. And then of course, as missionaries, we ran out of funds. My parents didn't return to the, to the mission field. And so their funds ran out. So I, then I was put into a public high school and that was during my sixth, seventh and eighth grade years, which, you know, are huge. (laughs) And during those years, I became the target of bullies. I was teased, you know, all the things you can think of. I was just a good target. And it all escalated. And at the end of my seventh grade year, as I was walking home, I was beaten by five girls in a gang beating. I still have scars on my face from their fingernails. It was that kind of a beating. And I remember going home and and just crying to my dad. And this this is a man who would say to me, turn the other cheek you know, and he was so angry. It affected my life. In fact, it's just probably been in the last 10 years that that trauma has slowly been healed. So in the middle of my eighth grade year, (laughs) my dad decided to move the whole family from California to Arizona to take a small church in Phoenix. And I remember being very anxious and fearful. I was like, I I have a hard time making friends as it is. I don't want to have to go and try and make new friends. But he moved us over and we got established in school. I made a few little friends, but I suffered from depression, anxiety, fear. And my freshman year in high school, I attempted to take my life. I know it was a cry for help and thank the Lord I didn't succeed, but At that time, no one seemed to acknowledge it. It was kind of swept under the rug, as happens in many ministry families. And I just kind of moved on, moved on. And the summer before my junior year in high school, I met a young man who was considerably older than I was. And I began a sexual relationship, which ended in pregnancy. So at the age of 16, I married my baby's daddy and kind of just continued to go through the motions of life for 25 years. I went to church. I took my kids. I did all the things that good Christian girls do. Uh, I tried to, to make my family proud because, you know, I brought shame on my family. This was the first time that we knew of in my family that something like this had happened. Although, you know, as you go along in life and you get older, you find out there are lots of things that are hidden in families. That happened. And then I went through 25 years of marriage. And at that point in my life, things just started to just unravel. I couldn't hide my past. I hadn't gotten a lot of help. 
And I, at that time, entered into, I was so insecure, I entered into an emotional affair that actually cost, almost cost me my family. And thank God, praise God for friends and families and pastors and those around me that not only prayed for me through that emotional affair and helped me break those bonds uh, that I had, but also spoke truth to me when I needed to hear it most. They didn't just pacify me. They told me truth. And so that's what kind of brought me to the place I am now. I am all about truth-telling. I'm like, Lord, tell me truth. Holy Spirit, pour it into me through whomever you want, because I want to be more and more like you. So Um, I have so many notes written down here (laughs) of the trauma at six years old and moving up and the bullying and the severe beating and the trauma with those. So I have a question. How did anxiety, fear, and shame keep you from living the life of freedom God wanted for you? Because I imagine at six years old, shame and fear and depression, anxiety set in for you. Mm, Yes, they did. And, you know, I mean, as you can imagine, living under the shadow of shame for most of my life, it was difficult. I became this very introverted, almost, I I like to say I, I became paralyzed. I couldn't move. I was so afraid of making mistakes. I was afraid of rejection. I was afraid I wouldn't fit in. I was just fearful. And so I just kind of continued to live my life kind of doing nothing special, just kind of going through the motions and really depending on people and experiences to make me happy. And let me just tell you, after years of counseling and recovery groups, I learned that it isn't those things that make you happy. That when you surrender those things to God, he can take those broken pieces and just make a beautiful, beautiful mosaic, a mosaic window, a mosaic picture for the world to see his grace and his love. And so my favorite verse, I just, I love this verse. And this has been a verse that has, that I've clung to for the past couple of years is Isaiah 61, seven. And it says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Yeah. And I love that. And I feel like I'm living that double portion right now. Yeah. One of the things I love, well, there's so many things I love about God's word, but one of the things, because I have studied the word restore so many times, and um, just because that's what my ministry is all about and has been for the last 10 years or so, whenever God talks about restoration, it's always a minimum of a double portion. That's the minimum. Sometimes it's four times, 10 times, a hundredfold. It's always he's going to restore and then some back. And that is so encouraging and gives us hope. And, and as you were talking about being paralyzed, fearful of making mistakes and rejections and not fitting in, one of the things about abuse, especially when it happens to us in kids, but it can this can happen to us as an adult as well, is we get this faulty core belief about ourselves that I am dirty, I am broken, I'm unlovable, I can't make mistakes. I'm rejected. I don't fit in. And so that fear surrounds us because our thought process, based on some of the things that happened, and then, you know, it brings all of its friends. So shame brings all kinds of friends with it. It's not just shame alone. We begin to have these faulty core beliefs about ourselves. So whenever we interact and face situations in our lives, 
those trigger in us. They trigger, you don't fit in, you're not good enough. And having that start at such a young age of being fearful and and being shamed about what happened to you and then going to back to the United States, which that in itself is a whole culture shock for missionary families. Yes. And and then to have the bullies and, and have the girl gang that beat you up. Those are just things that feed into, see, there's something wrong with me. And shame has followed you since you were six years old. But there was a moment when that changed for you, Robin. There was a moment where that switched and you had your fully restored story moment. Like there was that moment where it shifted and no longer was shame led thoughts leading you, but it became God led thoughts leading you. So how did God do that? Yeah. Well, let me just say my life verse is Joel 2.25, which is, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Yeah. And I believe God has done that. Yeah. But he did that in just a very specific way for me. I was working at a Christian school, Valley Christian High School here in Chandler, Arizona. And I was working as a paraeducator with special needs students. Every day I'd go to work and I would see these incredible, resilient students show up day after day in spite of their difficulties. And God inspired me through their stories. And he said, look, I've created them different, but they are special and loved. And look, they are walking out their stories. Now you walk out yours, Robin. And so one day my friend Greg Tonkinson, who was the spiritual director at the school, he knew my story. And he asked me, he said, Robin, I would love to interview you during chapel. And I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) that's so scary. (laughs) And he said, no, I, I, I really would. Would you do it? I think it would touch the lives of many students here. And so I agreed. And let me tell you, the enemy pulled out all the stops to, yeah. to get me not to share. In fact, the day I spoke, I had walking pneumonia, okay? <laughs> but God had the victory. And I shared my story in an appropriate way for students. And when I was done, I had students come up to me. I had one student come up to me and said, Mrs. Johnson, I was this close to going home and slitting my wrist because I'm so depressed. And these are kids in Christian schools. And, and my heart just goes out to them because there are so many kids in our churches and in our Christian schools that are lost. And so my heart goes out to them. So during that process of sharing, I can tell you right now, God started lifting the shadow of shame off of my life. And I like to say that God took me back to high school to heal the years that were stolen from me. So that's where it was. In that situation, in front of over 200 students and faculty that didn't know my story, uncovering. How beautiful. And I just love that, that God took you back to those school years and in a a school setting and saying, okay, this was robbed from you, but I'm going to use this. And the sad truth is, is that, you know, suicide attempts are on the increase, especially this year, suicide has increased, but outside of this year, it has been on the increase. 
and teens are at a high risk. I used to go in to schools and work with a group of students to do a youth suicide prevention week when I was a counselor at a particular agency in Washington. And we would go in and talk about these are the things of what to do if your friend tells you that they're suicidal because teenagers often think that they're adults and that they can handle it on their own and never tell anybody that can help them and help their friend or help themselves. So I'm so thankful that you are being willing to share that and that you have these young people that are sharing with you because one of the myths about suicide is if we talk about it, we're going to put the thought in people's minds. Now, for somebody who's already having suicidal thoughts, who's already depressed, we're not putting that thought in their mind. It's already in their mind. So there is a small percentage of individuals that already have that thought. And because suicide has become more prevalent, it's it's more out there than that wall. We, we always say there's a, a wall of prevention that's in our life. And if you've attempted suicide, then a brick is taken out. If you have a friend or a family member who's attempted or completed a suicide, that brick is taken out. So your wall of protection begins to be less and less. So it's really needed for us to have those conversations, those uncomfortable, difficult conversations, because if we don't, they're not going to come and get help. And sadly, many teenagers, young adults, older adults, all ages, um, children 10 years old have suicidal thoughts and do make attempts on their life. So um, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. Oh, you know, I'm, I just feel like God will lead you where he wants you. And I feel like, you know, if you're in tune and you listen to the Holy Spirit, you know, you have to be wise, obviously, what we share. I mean, we don't want to re-wound people. But, But on the other hand, I think oftentimes fear keeps us paralyzed to say anything. We're afraid of what people will think of us. We're afraid of, you know, oh, what's it going to do to my reputation? You know what? I handed my reputation to God years ago. And he's done a perfect job of taking care of it, may I say. So when God opens a door to share with someone, and he will, you know it, you know when he says share. Yeah. And, and you have to be obedient because someone's life depends on that. I've been wandering through the last couple of years just being so surrendered to God and, and to listening to his voice and not to the voice of other people. That's so good. And the truth is, you know, fear is paralyzing. And the thing about fear is if you give in to fear, it grows. The more you give in, the more it grows. It gets bigger and bigger and your life becomes smaller and smaller. And I love what you said, God will lead you where he wants you. And we have to be willing to be led by God and to be God-led and not fear-led. So what things has God been doing in your life lately that have taken you from fear to faith steps? And how has God been confirming his new calling in your life? Oh, well, this is, I like to say I've kind of stepped off that cliff and I'm oh, free falling. Yes. Oh, I'm sitting <laughs> it, with you, girl. <laughs> it may seem a bit crazy, but you know, when you come out from under that shadow of shame, I mean, you are just truly set free. And people look at you like, what are you doing? And I'm like, hey, I am facing my fear and anxiety. I'm surrendering it to God. 
because I know when I do that, he shows up big time and he gives me peace, unlike anything I've ever had before. And I want that. I want more of his blessings. I want more of his double, triple portions. You know, he's got it for me. So this past year, yes, during COVID, (laughs) I have had so many opportunities to share my stories through podcasts, uh, one-on-one mentoring, and even in schools in the last couple of weeks, I've gotten to go in now all masked up, of course, but it's been fun working with kids. And the message that he has given me is to tell his children, to tell his beautiful young children that they were created to be different on purpose, that God has a plan for their life and it's specific to them and that they don't have to be afraid, you know, that they they can just surrender everything to him. And then all they need to do is step back and let him take it from there. And so that's what I'm doing. And like I said, God's just been opening all kinds of opportunities. And I say, if he opens the door, I'm stepping in. If he doesn't want me there, he can slam it. <laughs> That's right. And and that you just bring up a really good point because a lot of times, and I remember this as a young adult, a young Christian, so fearful to step out and do anything because I didn't want to be out of the will of God. One of the things I came to recognize and realize is that God is quite capable of shutting the door. And that it's more, I need to take a step than me waiting for God to say, push me. Like, I think that's what we do. I think we wait for God to push us and say, that's your step. You're supposed to take it, but we need to do our part and we need to take a step. And those passions and desires and and gifts and talents, I always say that when God created us, he put everything together. He put our personality, he put our strengths and our weaknesses. He put our talents, our gifts, our calling, everything together about us, the way we look, everything. Yeah, we're no surprise to him. We're no surprise. (laughs) And he said, she is good. He is good. And so those talents and those gifts and things are in us. And our callings usually line up with those gifts and talents. Now, God also uses the unqualified, but I may not be qualified as a speaker, but I am qualified in other areas. And so God says, okay, I want you to speak now. And so he's qualifying me to speak. He's teaching me to speak because of of this stuff over here. So he uses all things for his glory in our life. And in the last minute that we have here, as we're winding down with your life experience and where God has brought you today, what are just two or three things you can share with our listeners briefly as they begin their journey of healing? Well, don't be embarrassed to seek professional help. Yes. We all have hurts, hangups, and habits. And sometimes, you know, we just need to be given the tools to help set us free. We don't have them. We need them. Second is to be open to sharing your story as God gives you the discernment to speak. And third is keep learning and growing in your walk with Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit expose those lies that the enemy keeps throwing at you and don't get trapped in shame. Mm, So that's good. That's really good. So how can people connect with you? Well, I would love for them to reach out to me. I have a website. It's www.robinmarie.org, all lowercase. And I would absolutely love for them to listen in and subscribe to my podcast. It's for families. 
and it's called Different Isn't Bad. And you can find it on Spotify, Apple, Google, all major podcast platforms. They can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. So I would love to connect with any of them. Well, I I love that. We will be sure to have all those things posted. In the last minute that we have here, could you pray for our listeners that there's a lot that we covered today? And I'm thinking about those listeners that have gone through difficulties in their life, and maybe they find that they're paralyzed by fear. And for those individuals that have had shame in their life as long as they can remember, could you pray for those individuals? I would love to do that. Father God, you are so good. You want good things for your children. And Father, for those that are out there today that have heard my story, which is your story, Father, I pray that you will unlock those places in their hearts that need to find peace and joy in you. Father, Lord, take that shame off their lives at this very moment, Father. We pray for for anyone listening that is dealing with shame. It is so paralyzing, Father. Lord, you don't want us to live under shame. And so I pray this very moment for all those that are listening, that you will just break that stronghold in their life and that you will bring them to a place where they know and believe that you have a purpose for their life. I thank you so much for Kristen in this podcast. I pray a blessing over it. Father, take this podcast into all places of the world and heal those who need healing. In your blessed name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Robin, for joining us today. Thank you. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, podcast.fullyrestored.love. If you forget the podcast, just go fullyrestored.love. You're going to find me. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. We would appreciate it if you would leave a review and rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And also be sure to share our podcast with your friends. That's how podcasts grow is people getting the word out. I too would love to stay connected with you. So be sure to find me on Instagram and my Facebook page. Both of them are at author Kristen Klaus. My hope and prayer is that this episode of the Fully Restored podcast spoke life to you today. Our stories may be different, but shame affects all of us in one way or another. I pray that you come out from underneath that heavy weight of shame into God's loving and accepting arms of healing. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with Jesus.